You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the
everyone. Whether you're visiting for the first time or you've been with us for a while, we like to have fun in Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. He's the reason for everything. And we're here to exalt his name and bless him. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we serve an awesome God. We give you thanks and praise that you are very interested in us. And Lord, we love you. We lift up your name today. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning in the house? You turn into wine. You open the
If you're a believer in Christ, lift your hands. Come on. We're worshiping the Holy One. The God who created everything. (laughs) The God who created you and me. The God who has our best interest in mind. Oh, we worship you in this place.
God, we worship him above everything else, above everyone else, above any experience you've ever had. It is God that's greater. And you tell your soul that my soul will worship the great God. Hallelujah. Come on, we need a breakthrough in this place today. We need a breakthrough in this place. We need God to be the top. We need God to be the top in our lives again. for your presence that fills this atmosphere. You are a very real God. And you are in touch with humanity because you were a human. You walked this earth. And Lord, we thank you right now for speaking to us. Ah, I'm not a God of the old. I'm a God of the new. And I want to do new things in you and new things in this earth. For I am a creator. I love to create things. And bring things into being that never were before. So I've given you new life. So walk in the newness of life. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we are glad that you're here this morning. How many love Jesus? I like that the chorus of that old song, Just Can't Stop Praising His Name. Amen. Well, this is Victory Christian Fellowship, and uh, we're glad you're here. If it's your first time or if you've been here for a while. And uh, what we like to do is we like to speak the word. Yes. Because Jesus gave us the authority to speak his word. And Mm -hmm. so what we do is we have a confession every quarter. We emphasize the subject. And we want to invite you to make a confession based on God's word about the blessings and benefits that God's given us. Let's make our confession. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. God the Father selected us as his own before the foundation of the world. He desires for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Tell you what, worship was awesome. Okay, Um, and actually, this is a great transition, because... If you don't know, I normally share a fact or something that I've learned on the Sundays that I do announcements, and what Dr. Fiona was saying fits in perfectly. I love how God works, okay? Did you know the heart has its own little brain? That is awesome, okay? It has its own, like, electrical system within itself. So you think that the brain tells the heart what to do because it's bigger, but it does not actually They have discovered that the heart sends more electrical impulses to the brain than the brain does to the heart. Isn't that awesome? So what you were saying about how, like, you talk to your soul, right, and basically you tell it what to do, that's what's already happening in your body. We just didn't know it. So the word of God that's in your heart, that is what speaks to your mind, and it's giving more directions than it going the other way around. (laughs) Right? Isn't that cool? I love how God works. Okay, we have a lot of announcements, so everybody focused. Okay, <laughs> the teacher in me is coming out, right? All right, today, after service, we have our baptism. 
I'm very excited. I'm excited for everybody's getting baptized. We are going to new levels. All right. Tuesday is Air Force, and we are actually leaving for our fire conference on Saturday. That's six days away. <laughs> I got up here to do announcements, you know, to check them out earlier, and, I, and I'm going on the trip, and I forgot when we were leaving. So <laughs> we are leaving on Saturday to go down to Florida, uh, Tampa, Florida, for Dr. Um, Rodney Howard Brown's church. And we are excited to get the fire, we got more fired up, and bring it back here to share with you guys. So we thank you for those who have supported, like, Palazzo Creations um, and, like, our entrepreneurial ship. I don't even know if that's a word, but we are thankful for that. Wednesday is Wednesday Night Refreshing at 6.30, and it's, it's so refreshing. Like we have the rain in the summertime, right? It refreshes you, brings new growth and new life. And on Friday, July 21st at 6.30, we are going to be back in the square at Palmyra Square, and we have been having so much fun, like meeting with people, talking with people, seeing new faces, playing music. It changes the atmosphere, and we're making great connections. So we want to go every week. It's normally on a Friday night or a Saturday morning. So if you're free, like, come on out and join us. Everybody can participate. We hold signs, and all the cars honk their horns as they drive by. It's lots of fun. We make lots of noise in the square. <laughs> Okay, um, also, now we're getting into August, okay, so next month, although it's not that far away. VCF is going to be at National Night Out, and that's Tuesday, August 1st, so that's from 5 to 8 p.m., and that's going to be at the middle school, like, stadium that they have, where the track and field is at, so come on out, and you can participate with us, you can be part of National Night Out, it's a big community event. So we are getting out in our community to share the gospel with people. That's like the theme, okay? And also in August, August 6th, on a Sunday morning, Reverend Sushil Kumar will be here from India. Chandigarh? Is that how you say it? Chandigarh, India. He has been here before, but never before on a Sunday, and he definitely brings the anointing with him, so I encourage you to invite people. And... Starting in August, starts off like all of the trips that Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona will be doing for this year. I know we've been announcing a couple of times. There is a lot happening. They're going to August. Well, they're going to India in August. And they're going to Guyana in September. And they're doing a crusade in Liberia in November. So it's like one right after the other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we are excited to participate in that as well. Like I said, there's lots of events happening. There's ways for everybody to be involved. Whatever floats your boat and what Holy Spirit leads you to do. And in August, August 9th, August is a busy month, you guys. We have our community prayer, praise, and worship night. I'm so excited. I plan on being here. I encourage you to bring lots of people because it's good to, like, talk with other people and it's just different you know it's good to like shake things up every once in a while and then at the end of august so right before like school starts back up again which let's not think about school um the hagans are coming to faith alive fellowship in spring mills pennsylvania yeah living faith conference how far is that from here it's like an hour and a half so it's pretty close 
all things considered, that they're based in Oklahoma. So hour and a half compared to like a 20-hour drive, small potatoes. So some of us are going. If you want to go, you can, like I said, ask people like to carpool, and we can make it a thing. Or, like I said, it's just going to be a fun time to participate in like what's coming near our area because they also bring like a special anointing with them. And then I wrote a book. <laughs> So, um, I just published it, what, a week ago? Yeah, Monday. It's almost been a week. Um, so it's on Amazon and on Kindle. You can purchase it there. But it was really on my heart to write this, and then God told me, like, you really need to write this, and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but it's all about, it's called Bring Forth the Royal Diadem, which I got that title as I was at, um, like, camp meeting out in Pittsburgh. And it's, so this book is all about discovering, like, how you're royalty, right? Because royal people, they act different. They have different rules. And, but we're like that, right? Because we are special because of being in the kingdom of God. So you can read all about it. And I ask a lot of questions. I don't know if you all have noticed that. I like to learn things, question things. So each chapter actually answers a question, okay? So it's asking, like, who are you? Um, like, what don't you get? How low can you go? Like, it's to get your attention so you read the book and get que- answer questions, okay? <laughs> all right. That, I think, is all of our announcements. Everybody got them all right? <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. That's book two for Melissa. It's awesome. We have authors in our church. I wanted to expound a little bit about the soul thing. And when you hear about uh, us bringing in guest speakers or we're telling you about places that you can go, um, the, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit carries the anointing, you know, God's anointing here on the earth, and he is the one that empowers us. And each person can operate in something, uh, in an anointing over their life that we need. So when someone is coming, when we bring people here to speak, we're not just like picking somebody like, oh, they're a missionary, we need to help them. No, we, there are many people that would like to come, but we pick who we would like to bring. And Pastor Sushil, he works in a country where people worship idols. That's, the, that's who they worship. They have like millions of gods. And when, they ha- when they're coming to Christ, a lot has to be broken off of them. Because they have ties to so many gods. So bring people to this service, especially. You should bring people to church with you every time anyway. But especially in this service, if you know people that are addicted to things, that have other things they're worshiping and they're having a hard time breaking away from it, I encourage you to bring them when he's speaking. Because just him being here, he... He has an anointing that breaks, that the anointing breaks the yoke, but what yoke are we breaking, right? The other thing is for the Hagans, they have an anointing of healing and of faith on their ministry. So that's something that you want to get under, right? And every victory that we have against the enemy, God gives us the power to sustain the victory. So when you win something, it's your win that you won with God and you keep the win. He doesn't come back and say, oh, that was just a tease. Here, you have to give it back. You win. So you have to know these things. This is why you come to church, so you can learn 
what God has for you. So I just want to encourage you with these things that we're announcing and all these things we're doing. When you, if you have an opportunity to go to the square and hang out with the young people as they're doing their thing, go do it. It breaks something in your normal routine that you need to do so you can go up to another level. Amen? So we are, we are living and breathing and moving in him. In him we live and breathe and move, right? So he is going places. God is going places on the earth. He's doing things on the earth, and we want to move with that. So I just want to encourage you. You're not here settling in and say, well, let me just coast for the rest of my time on earth. No. You got stuff to do. For some people, you never even tapped into the gifts that God put inside of you for mankind. So I just, see, I'm breaking stuff in you right now as I speak it. So I'm just saying to you, your life is valuable, and it's precious to God, and he's put things in you that we need. So get with the program, right? (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, For all who is going to uh, Florida, just want you to stand. Hallelujah. We're just going to pray for you right where you are. You You know, we believe in uh, praying over people when they go and do things for God. Mm -hmm. Amen. And Father, right now, just stretch forth your hands to these people, Lord. We give you thanks and praise for your anointing, your provision, your protection, and your design for them on this trip, Father. It's going to be life-changing, life-transforming, and God is going to be glorified in greater degrees and in greater ways. And Lord, I thank you that you will strengthen these people as they go and travel. And Lord, you will open them up to receive a divine impartation and a grace deposit that's going to be put in them, Father. And we give you thanks and praise that your hand of blessing and protection is on them as they travel there and back safely, Lord. And we give you all glory. Deliver them from evil. And Lord, we thank you that your angels are encamped around them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, before we dismiss the kids, um, I'm going to get you out a little bit early today so that we can go and do the baptism. Hallelujah. Did you know that God wants you to prosper? And if you want to follow along with me, I want you to turn to 3 John chapter 2. 3 John chapter 2. And I just want you to see this. And... uh, 3 John, verse 2. There's only one chapter in 3 John. Who wrote this? John wrote this. Who told him to write it? Holy Spirit. Say, this is inspired. This is an inspired word of God. And uh, the King James says, Beloved, I wish above all things... Say, he's talking to me because I'm God's beloved. Listen, say, I'm God's beloved. Listen, Jesus did what he did because he loves you. Amen. All of us are God's beloved. I wish above a few things. All things. Another word for wish is desire. That you may prosper and be in health. 
as your soul prospers. God wants you to prosper and to be in health. Amen? That's God, say, that's God's will for my life. So he wants you to prosper and be in health. But here's the thing, your soul has to prosper. She was talking about the soul today. Amen? How do you prosper in your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. You receive the word of God. And it renews your soul. It cleanses your soul. It strengthens your soul. It enhances your soul. I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless his holy name and forget not all of his benefits. Hallelujah. So how many would agree that God wants you to prosper? It, it, it has nothing to do with your income. It has nothing to do with your age. It has everything to do with God. You just put your faith in God and God will work it out. Amen? And you will prosper and be in health, to walk in health, to live in health. He didn't say get healed, although that's his will. He wants you to be in health. He wants you to walk in divine health. Amen? I, I can remember Brother Hagen. He said, I passed up marvelous opportunities to have a headache. <laughs> Amen. And he, like, he, he would say that, you know, he hadn't had a headache, I don't know, it was like 1945 or whenever it was. But, uh, yeah, this is God's will for your life. He wants you to prosper and be in health. And as you prosper, you're going to partner with God. And how do we partner with God? Through tithes and offerings. Amen. And uh, here at this church, we don't pass a container, but we do have containers here by the bookstore. And as you come in, uh, if you make a check, you can make it out to VCF. If you're giving online, and uh, thanks for watching, you can uh, go to our website. You can use the bookstore if you want to do a card. You can mail it in or give cash, however you want to do it. Amen. There's all kinds of ways. So Heavenly Father, oh, and you can give any time during the service. Father, we just bless your people today, their gifts and their giving, and we thank you, Lord, that you are prospering them and bringing them into divine health as their soul prospers, Father. We just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to dismiss our kids this morning for kids living in faith every day. So kids, have a good class. Praise the Lord. Well, today is Baptism Sunday. We're going to have a baptism today following our service. So I want to talk to you about being baptized in Christ today. And uh, if you want to follow along in your Bibles uh, or your devices, however you do it, uh, I want you to go to John chapter 1 and verse 6. John chapter 1 and verse 6. Hallelujah. You love the Word? You love the Holy Ghost? Because they work together. Can't, can't be effective with, with just one. You've got to have both. Amen. God's into the double-double. Hallelujah. All right. John chapter 1 and verse 6, it says this. There came a man commissioned and sent from God whose name was John. Where did, who sent him? God sent him. God sent him with a commission or a mission to go before the Lord and to be a forerunner and to announce his coming and to prepare the people for the king. Hallelujah. All right. So verse seven, this man came as a witness to testify about the light 
so that all might believe through him. John was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Okay? And uh, um, let's go down uh, to verse 19. Verse 19. Uh, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites to him from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and he did not deny. He said, I am not the Christ. Uh, they asked him then, what are you? He said, are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Tell us so that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one shouting in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Everybody say, it's time to be straight. Hallelujah. And one of the things that John did was he baptized people in the Jordan River. And he baptized them based on repentance of sin. All right? So we're going to get into this today. And uh, you're going to learn some things about baptism. And we're going to experience the power of God. You're not too excited about the power of God. I mean, if there was ever a good time to shout, whenever the power of God is mentioned, we ought to shout and get excited. We're not a dead church. We don't serve a dead God. He's alive and well. He's very active in this earth. He's active in people's lives. Amen? Now, now I'm in the right place. You know, um, uh, Dr. Fiona and I, we, we went to uh, New Orleans to enhance our vision a little bit. And, uh, yeah, a lot. And the last night we were at a Waffle House. I don't know if you've ever been to a Waffle House, but uh, we were there, and uh, a party had broken up, and so there was all kinds of teenagers. Because the party got broke up, they came to Waffle House, and uh, so when we exited Waffle House, we just got to preach Jesus a little bit to some teenagers, and uh, it kind of it kind of stirred up some things in me that I that was used to do a long time ago, but uh, I used to preach Jesus in McDonald's in my hometown, my friend would say, hey, everybody, listen, I got something. He would say, hey, everybody, listen up. And they'd all look at him. And he'd point to me and say, he's got something to tell you. Be like, praise the Lord. But you know what? It's good to share Jesus wherever you go. And uh, it was good just to share Jesus with those teenagers. We got to just plant some seeds. Amen. Some of them knew, but they, they weren't following God by any means. But they're going to be reminded. They're going to hear about that conversation. They're going to say, do you, do you, can you imagine those people from Pennsylvania talking to us about Jesus? Hallelujah. All right. Uh, so, glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 6. The book of Romans chapter 6. And he talks about baptism here and what it is. You know, we have to understand what it is. It's not something that we just do because the church does it. It's something that God wrote in his word. You know, baptism, Jesus got baptized. And I want whatever Jesus got. Amen? And if he, he got baptized, I'm going to get baptized. Hallelujah. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, 
it says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Another translation says, certainly not. How many, I want you to say this today. Today, sin in my life stops its course. It's stopped in its tracks. It will no longer function in my life. Why? Because God made you free from it. Hallelujah. So, should I continue in sin? No. Look at your neighbor and say, no. I know some of you aren't close to neighbors, but that's okay. Hallelujah. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Hallelujah. He said, uh, your new nature is created in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, God wants to do give you an image makeover. Sin creates an image. But it's a darkened, tarnished, stained image. But God takes that darkened, stained, tainted image, and he recreates it and makes it brand new, beautiful, wonderful, and glorious. That's what he does. Verse 3, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. See, baptism is a symbol of you sharing in his death. Now, here's the thing. If you share in his death, you share in his life. Hallelujah. So baptism shows and reveals and displays that you you are completely associated with Christ. It changes your nature. It changes your image, and it changes your life. Baptism is powerful. It's a picture. It's a symbol of what was already done. Do do the vows that a couple, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, make when they get married, does that, is that going to determine that they're going to have a good marriage? No, they got to be true to those vows. But we, we go through the ceremony, right? The ceremony is important. I mean, ladies, you get the dress, right? You become the princess for the day, right? But the ceremony is important. See, there are things that we do as Christians that have significance and importance. Baptism is one of those things. So we've been baptized into Jesus Christ and we're baptized into his death. All right? It's when baptism is like putting on Jesus. You know, uh, when you take a shower, you get out of the shower, you dry off, you put on clothes, right? Baptism is like putting on Jesus. Baptism into Christ 
is a baptism into his death, we identify with Christ. I'm no longer the old person that I was. I'm no longer the sinner that I was. I'm now a new person in Christ Jesus. I've been completely transformed and made new. How many ever seen a butterfly? Do you know that a butterfly underwent a transformation? A butterfly used to be a caterpillar. They had to crawl on the ground. And they would eat plants and leaves, right? But there comes a point in time when that caterpillar builds a cocoon. And he literally buries himself in the cocoon. And when he buries himself in the cocoon, a change takes place on the inside of that cocoon. And when he's ready to come out, he's no longer a caterpillar. He's a butterfly. Or she's a butterfly. No, He doesn't have to crawl anymore. Now he can fly and float. Right? Hallelujah. That's a transformation that took place. It's a resurrection. Hallelujah. This is what baptism portrays and displays in our life. You were dead to sin. Your sin nature is dead. And you're a new person in Christ. All right. Go down to verse 4. Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. A couple weeks ago, we had a monumental uh, thing in our family's life where a father and son together did a first, our first baptism together. Gabriel and I, we baptized a 96-year-old lady. She was a precious lady and... Uh, you know, she walked with a walker. She made her way into the water and she got baptized. And when she came out of that water, her first words were, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because that's what baptism is it's where something old becomes something new. How many know new things have a have a have a, an aroma, a scent to it, right? Oh, it just smells new. This is a is this a new car? It's got that new car smell, right? Hallelujah. Well, we're made new through baptism. Glory to God. All right? So he, he says, our sin nature is the source of sin and death. Where did our sin nature come from? It came from the fall of man. God made Man in his image and in his likeness, right? He put him in a garden. The atmosphere was perfect. The temperature was perfect. There was nothing in the garden that would harm man. And he could eat in abundance of the fruit of the trees, right? But God gave man an instruction. You can have all these trees that you want, but just this one tree, leave it alone. Um, you know, he didn't say that. He said, if you eat of it, you will die. See, sin is really disobeying God's word. 
It's choosing to yield to something else other than God. It's putting something else first other than God. So this was a beautiful atmosphere. Adam and Eve were hanging out in the garden. He, was, he named the animals, right? They were having a good old time. But there was a serpent that got in the garden. Don't talk to snakes because they'll lie to you. Well, Eve got into a conversation with the snake. And the snake wanted Eve to question what God said. Oh, God's not. Did God say that you're going to die? And the Bible says she saw the fruit that looked good for food. She wanted the wisdom that it was going to give her, and it was pleasing. So she took and gave some to her husband who was right there. It's not like she had to call him to come over. He was right there. He could have stopped it, but he didn't. And so they ate of the tree that God said no, and when they did, they got a sin nature. Sin was introduced to the world for the first time. And because Adam was the representative of mankind, every person born after Adam was born with a sin nature. We were born into sin. We, we, didn't, we couldn't help it. That's just the way it was. But Jesus, he's known as the second Adam. And where the first Adam failed, the second Adam succeeded. What the first Adam lost, the second Adam gained. And Jesus came along and he resisted temptation. He didn't give in to sin. He remained sinless his entire life. He was tempted in all points like we are, but he refused to sin. Therefore, his blood was pure. His blood was spotless. He was the pure and spotless lamb. And he came to take away our sin. He came to take away the sin nature. He came, to wa- he came to destroy the root of sin. You know, when you destroy the root of a tree, the tree's gone. It can't do anything else. Jesus destroyed the root of sin. And, and every person who believes in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that he rose from the dead and confesses him as Lord, that sin nature is taken out. And you are, a new nature is put in you, created after the image of Jesus. And you are a brand new person from the inside out. Hallelujah. I see a lot of new models out here today. Hallelujah. Just as our sin nature was the source of sin and death, Christ is the source of your new eternal life. How many know life triumphs over death? You know, Romans 5.12 tells us that through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. But yet through one man, life entered the world to counteract the effects of the sin. 
Jesus is the only cure for sin. Hallelujah. The act of baptism denotes dedication to the service of him in whose name we are baptized. Its design is to consecrate us for serving Christ. Hallelujah. All right? And uh, he tells us, all right, look at verse 5, Romans 6, 5. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall be. Everybody say, I shall be. That means it can't go any other way. We shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So what happens in baptism is when, see, we do baptism by immersion. We get you under the water, right? Because getting under the water, it resembles the death, right? Jesus said, unless a seed of corn fall to the ground and die, it will produce nothing. But if it falls to the ground and die, it will abound and it will produce an abundance. God brings life out of death. So we, a person goes under the water. They're, they're, they're dead. They're dead to sin. They're dead to the sin nature. But we don't leave them under the water. You know, one pastor said, do I dunk them once? Do I dunk them twice? Or do I hold them under until they really repent? We, we, we don't do that here. As soon as you go under the water, we bring you up. Now you're resurrected to a new person, to a new person in Christ Jesus. It's like a Polaroid camera. How many remember a Polaroid camera? My dad in his insurance business used to have one, and he would take pictures of houses. It's got the film inside, right? That's buried. And you click a button, it opens the lens to light. Light exposes the film. Once light is exposed, a picture is formed. And, you, and in a Polaroid, you press a button, it takes a picture. Then, right? The picture comes out. And in just a minute, you know, sometimes you have to wait, but it's developing, it's forming. And all of a sudden, what you saw in the camera, you see in the picture. Yeah. It's a new image. Yeah. God's, oh, God puts you in the water like a dark room, like a photographer puts his film in the dark room, but you come out with a new image. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, Having been buried with him in baptism, notice it says having been. What Jesus did is past tense. He doesn't have to do it again. All you have to do is accept what Jesus did. Jesus did it for us. He did it for our behalf. No one else could do it, but Jesus did it. And all we have to do is accept what he did. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through uh, faith. Everybody say through faith. You got to believe in Jesus. And in believing Jesus, you got to confess Jesus. Everybody who believes in Jesus confesses Jesus. If you don't confess Jesus, you never really believed in Jesus. Amen? That's true. All right? So uh, through faith in the working of God, 
when he raised Christ from the dead. How many know Jesus didn't stay in the tomb? Death could not hold him. He was more powerful than death. He triumphed over death. Death tried its best to hold on to Jesus, but it couldn't hold him. And when you come out of that water, you are resurrected to a new life. Death can't hold you. The old is gone under the water, completely gone. Never to appear again. It's okay to drown the dead man because you raised to a new man. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 6, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, this is something that we have to know. That our old man is crucified with him, with Jesus. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth... We should not serve sin. I like that word, henceforth. Right? We don't use it much today. It means hereafter. I'm telling you, you can come out of that water and you can live a completely new life than you lived before. You are free from the entanglements of sin. You have no, sin has no more grip on your life. You can say no to sin. You can resist sin. You don't have to give in to it. That's what Jesus did for us. That's how he empowered us. Amen? Go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Hallelujah. Let's see what this says. Matthew 3, verse 11. He wrote, he said, he's talking about John. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. When a person is baptized, it is a public picture of a decision they've already made in their hearts. It's a public declaration of what has already taken place in your life. All right? Some people ask me, is it okay to get baptized again? Well, yeah, if you want a new start, go for it. Amen? I was baptized as a baby, but that didn't count because I didn't know what I was doing. See, in order to be baptized, you've got to make a public confession of Christ. As a baby, all I went was goo goo gaga. I couldn't confess Christ, but I was baptized. But as I came to know Christ, I got born again when I was 12. I was hanging out with some friends who were born-again believers, and we were at a creek close to where I grew up as a young boy. And they said, hey, anybody want to get baptized? I said, yeah, I'll get baptized. We had to wait for the snakes to move. There was a couple snakes sitting on the rock. They were just water snakes. But they, 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 they went on their way. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got baptized again. Hallelujah. Because I had made a public confession of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen? So John baptized unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with, with a fire. 
You know, there's actually three baptisms that the Bible talks about. Number one, you get baptized into the body of Christ, right? That's symbolized when Moses led Israel through the Red Sea. They were being baptized into, into God's will. They were coming out of the world, which was Egypt, right? And they went through the water. We cleansed, you know, you got to get cleansed from Egypt. Egypt stinks, right? I'm talking about Egypt like the world, right? And, and God says he, he likes to wash us with the water of his word, right? So number one, you're baptized into the body of Christ. Number two, you're baptized in water. Because you have confessed, you have accepted Jesus as the Son of God, that he rose from the dead, and you confess him as Lord. You're baptized in water. And the third baptism is a baptism with fire. And, and Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, this is what baptism, what does it mean to be baptized? You know, John preached Jesus. Right? He preached about uh, how, what Jesus would do. To be baptized means to be immersed. Immersed. Put under and raised up. All right? It means to dip repeatedly, to submerge. It means to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water. I want to eat off a clean dish. I want that dish to be immersed in soapy water, right? I don't want it just to be rinsed off because it doesn't always get what was previously on there, right? You got to immerse it. You got to dip it. You got to wash it good. Amen. Hallelujah. It means that you are repentant of your sins. Repentant is is a do-over in God's kingdom. If you play golf, repentance is a mulligan. What's a mulligan? When you, when you uh, hit a bad shot and it, it makes your flesh react, you can do it over. <laughs> One time I was on a golf court, course and uh, a friend of mine who I was golfing with, he, he showed me this club. He said, yeah, this club, we found this club at this hole wrapped around a tree. <laughs> he said, my father took the club and straightened it out. <laughs> You know you're having a bad day when you want to wrap your club around a tree. <laughs> Hallelujah. Re- baptism means you obtain forgiveness. Baptism doesn't save you. It's just a symbol that you are saved. Amen? Amen. So you don't, have to be, you, you, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. But Jesus was baptized. Paul was baptized. The Philippian jailer was baptized. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, said, all you uh, who, who respond, he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's available to all, right? So if, if it was good for Jesus, it ought to be good for us. If it was good for the Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, it ought to be good for us. Amen? Hallelujah. You... You get united to Jesus' body when you're baptized. You share in his death, burial, and resurrection. How many know that it's important to bury the dead? Otherwise, it stinks really bad, right? We bury people that die, 
get buried. Jesus died and was buried, but he didn't stay buried. He rose to a new life through the resurrection. So it reflects the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You know, uh, go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And see this here. We're doing good on time. You're doing good. Glad you're here today. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. I love talking about him, proclaiming him, working for him, serving him. Amen. In Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus is talking here. How many know Jesus knows what he's talking about? He's an expert on everything while he created everything. Him and his Father and the Holy Spirit. He said, go therefore and teach all nations. Everybody say all nations. nations. This This is good for every country. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus is telling his disciples to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Ghost, however you want. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. So if, if Jesus commanded it, we should do it. It's, it's carried out by the authority of the Lord. Go, go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 3 again. And I want you to see when Jesus was baptized. Hallelujah. So uh, Matthew chapter 3 verse 13. Matthew 3 verse 13. Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Hmm. Interesting. But John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of you and you come to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Why did Jesus get baptized? Because that was the will of the Father. It was God's will for Jesus, our Savior, to be baptized so that he can bring the newness to the oldness. And the the oldness can be uh, encompassed with the newness. All right? And he went on to say, verse 15, or, or, or verse 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. John didn't hold him under long. <laughs> and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. 
Did you know that the same thing that God says about Jesus, he says about you? Because everybody who's born again, God sees you as Jesus. Everybody who accepts Jesus as Lord, you are as righteous as Jesus, you are as holy as Jesus, you are as clean with Jesus, and you are as in good standing with the Father as Jesus is. You become like him. When a person gets born again, they identify with Christ. They now call themselves a Christian, Christ-like. That's what it means. You identify with Jesus. Hallelujah. So everybody that received Jesus on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were baptized. I imagine that took some time. I had a pastor friend of mine who's, he had a son named Shane. And when he baptized his son, he went dunk shame. You got to have fun. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Acts chapter 2. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. People heard the gospel that Peter preached. And uh, let's, well, let's look at verse 37, Acts 2, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they heard the words that Peter preached. He preached under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He talked about the gospel. He talked about the resurrection. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, baptism opens you up for other things. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God has called you today. He has called you to himself. He would say, he would say son, daughter, I love you. I, I want you to know me. I want to be in your life. I, I, I have plans that uh, I want you to prosper and increase. Come to me. Come to me. And we answer the call by faith. And we accept Jesus Christ as Lord. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when you're saved, you need to live a certain way. You can't just do what you want to do when you want to do it because now you're submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you confess him as Lord, you're saying, Lord, I agree with you. I'm submitted to you. Therefore, he is Lord and no one else is. When we say Jesus is Lord, we are giving our lives over to him. You don't have to be saved, but you should be saved. The great preacher E.V. Hill, they said, why did you get saved? He said, I'll tell you why I got saved. I didn't want to go to hell. 
That's a good, that's a good reason. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Jesus doesn't want anybody to go to hell. People go to hell because they reject the gift of God. You don't have to go there. Through Jesus Christ, we're delivered from hell. Amen? So, and verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation or this perverse generation. You know, we live in a perverse generation. But you don't have to be perverse. You can be clean. You can be new. You know, there was a car company years ago called the Saturn Company. It was a a branch of GM. And uh, I know about it because that was my first brand new car that was purchased for me. was a brand new Saturn SL5. It was a four-door five-speed gold. And Saturn did something very unique to other car dealerships. They would celebrate the customer and when you made a purchase. And this is what happened to me when we went to that dealership and I bought that car. They cleaned it up, right? If you buy a car from a dealership, they're not going to give you one covered in dust or covered in dirt. They're going to clean it up. I know I was a detailed person for a car dealership. And whenever someone bought a car, we'd have to detail it, get it ready for them to present it to the customer. Clean, right? They would wash the car. They would baptize the car so that it could be clean for the purchaser. But here's what Saturn did. Saturn went the extra mile in customer service. The night that I bought my car, they cleaned it up. They pulled it into the showroom. And I got into the car. They gave me the keys. Everybody in the dealership gathered in that in that uh, showroom. And as I started it up, they lifted up the garage. And I drove out. They cheered as I drove out the car. I mean, oh, what a feeling. I'm driving a new, new car in the dealership. People are cheering like, yeah, praise God. Woo! I'm like, man, I feel good. But that's how we need to feel after baptism. God puts you in the water. He washes you up. He cleanses you. And the angels and Jesus have a party in heaven. They're shouting because another person has accepted Jesus. Let me tell you, the Bible says that every sinner that repents and accepts Jesus Christ, the angels shout in heaven. Our manufacturer, our dealership gathers in heaven and they all have a shouting party when someone accepts Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. You're witnessing a miracle today. I've never been a short-winded preacher. My very first official sermon that I preached... It was with the singles group of Grace Fellowship Church, who at that time was pastored by Bob Yandian. And uh, the singles pastor asked me to share. There was about 50 plus singles there that day, Sunday morning. And so I shared and uh, I preached for just under an hour. Because when you preach the Bible, you always have something to say. Amen? 
And uh, if preachers would just let the word preach with the Holy Spirit, you'd be okay. Right? And uh, so I just, I love the word. I'm a Bible junkie. And I'm a Holy Ghost addict. Because you can never overdose on the Holy Ghost. And there's no party like a Holy Ghost party. Hallelujah. John Rice said this. God's people should be baptized because God commanded it, not because some church requires it. It's a commandment. It's, it's, it's a fundamental doctrine of what we believe. Woodrow Cole said this, the God who made us also can remake us. You can be a new man, a new woman in Christ Jesus. Your old sins are wiped away. God does a royal flush. He flushes your sin away. And you're squeaky clean. Hallelujah. That's what baptism is about. Hallelujah. Watchman Nee said, baptism is faith in action. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward faith. So we're going to get, we're going to have a baptism service today. And we're grateful for uh, Donnie and Charlie and Bill and Trina for allowing us to use their pool. We're going to go to their house here in a few minutes. But you know what? The greatest thing that a person could ever do, the greatest decision that a person can ever make is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. When I was 12 years old, I, all my life I went to church. We went every Sunday. We'd go to church on Sunday and have fried chicken at my grandmother's after service. And every once in a while, we'd have chow mein, but mostly fried chicken. Even though I went to church every week, I didn't know the Lord. I knew that he existed. I knew about him, but I never knew him personally. So I'm the youngest of three siblings. I have two sisters. My oldest sister had gotten born again. And uh, she was the first person in our immediate family to get born again. And so she was asking me about going to this other church. And she would say, Doug, do you want to go to church with me? I was like, no. Okay. That's what she would say. Okay. Next week, hey, Doug, I'm going to church tonight. You want to come to church with me? Well, um, how long is the service? Oh, she said about two hours. Two hours for church? Now, now, I mean, looking at that now, like two hours for church? Hey, let's, let's go three or four. <laughs> God's changed me. I'm a changed man. Her and some friends must have been praying for me. I'm sure that they were. Because the next week, 
midweek service. She said, Doug, you want to go to church with me? I was like, okay. I surprised myself. I didn't expect that to come out so easily. So I went to church. There's maybe about 10 or 12 people in the entire service. Pastor Lloyd Curry preached. Don't even know what he preached about. But he said, is there anyone who would like to make Jesus their Lord and Savior? You know when you're not sure of something? Your hand gets stuck right here. You know, when you're sure, you're like Horseshack on, uh, uh, yeah, Welcome Back Hotter. You know, but I'm looking at my sister. I'm the only one there that night that goes up front. I went up front and I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And I felt something go like that. It was like a wind. My, my hands be, were up there began to shake like this. I ended up on the floor. And I came up with the biggest smile on my face. I had met Jesus for the first time in my life. I went to catechism. I was an altar boy. But I didn't know the Lord until I met him that night. And I'm so glad that I met him. How about you today? If you're here today and you've never met the Lord Jesus, I would so much love to introduce you to him. It's the greatest decision I have ever made. I don't regret making Jesus my Lord and Savior. He opened up to me a plan and a purpose that I didn't know was there until I met him. And this is what we're all about, spreading hope, salvation, and inheritance to the world. And... If you're here today and you've never made Jesus as Lord, today would be a good day to do that. Especially 